Welcome to another Round the Rotary. And with us today, I got a good buddy of mine, Hunter Wallace, the COO of Atlas Sand, coming at you live from Austin, Texas. Is that correct? Right. Thanks for having me, the one and only JP Warren. That's a, well, thanks for being on, the one and only Hunter Wallace. So I guess you're back in the office now, huh? Yeah, we're actually in a little temporary office right now. Uh, hindsight being 2020, we probably wouldn't have moved office spaces, but uh, we had kind of started down that road about six months ago, and we're all crammed into one office space right now uh, while they're building out the up, the next floor above us. Um, so we kind of are keeping even more people at home than we normally would because we don't want to be uh, too crammed into one spot. So you said you were planning this six months ago and you didn't plan for the COVID uh, stay-at-home two-month lockdown order. What kind of planning is that as a COO? Yeah, I, uh, I missed the boat on that one. I apologize. I think we all did. Well, hey, let's kick this off. Um, first off, thanks for coming on. And let's uh, let's talk, let's get a little, uh, I guess a little, um, I guess preview in your, in your background, you know, kind of, you know, where you, where you came from and kind of your professional background and where you're at today. Yeah. So, uh, petroleum engineer from A&M, uh, graduated, went to work for XTO as a drilling engineer, which is kind of what I had always wanted to do. I actually roughneck through college for that reason to try to push more uh, experience on the drilling side into my resume. Um, thankfully found a, uh, drilling manager over there named Dane Henley, uh, awesome guy to break out under, um, and uh, was underneath some really, really sharp engineers, and I learned a ton. We were the uh, one of the most active um, divisions within XTO. We were running as many as 41 rigs at one, at one time, and uh, we only had three or four drilling engineers through that time. So it was, it was crazy. It was trial by fire uh, for sure. I mean, I remember I walked into the office, and uh, Dane goes, okay, so I'm going to give you this rig, this rig, and this rig three rigs. I mean, first week straight out of school. Uh, and for those of you who, who, who have never uh, been to petroleum engineering school, they don't teach you how to run a rig. <laughs> so uh, I was kind of told Dave, like, Dave, I, I'm going to screw this up. And he said, that's the only way you're going to learn. So, so I was, you know, like I said, a great guy to break out under. Um, two years into that, Exxon bought us. Uh, that definitely changed the dynamic within XTO. Unfortunately, we lost a lot of our, our really strong talent. Those same guys that I was underneath and learning from um, were leaving. And, and so I, I stayed for two years after the buyout. And then I, I went over to Pioneer Natural Resources. Uh, great company, was happy, happy there. Um, but uh, just found out through a friend of a friend that Bud Brigham, founder of Brigham Resources, was looking for a drilling and completions guy. So I, I didn't really think that I, I would make the, the cut, but I threw my hat into the ring and, uh, you know, the rest is history. I, I was able to come over to a small private equity uh, backed group, a really sharp group of guys, um, you know, and we did good. We, 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 uh, we executed a sale in 17 to Diamondback and, you know, everybody uh, prospered from that. And then uh, that kind of rolled me to where I am here at Atlas Sand, which is kind of a, a, a weird story, weird transition going over to the sales and service side but well let's well let's talk about that um yeah that's that's kind of that's definitely something i want to talk about i mean so you went from an operator uh pe backed uh brigham to a sand company on the service side so you start off did you say you start off in sales <laughs> i could never sell as good as you jp so i'm not gonna step into the arena and no, know, no 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 we both great jp one <laughs> 
No, so 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 let's talk about that. Let's talk about going from an operator um, side of things to kind of you. We were discussing uh, before we even started this that it was starting a company from the ground up. So give us kind of a little uh, uh, peep into that. Yeah. So, you know, after the sale to Diamondback, uh, the same team was staying together, uh, the same Bergen Resources team, like I said, uh, really great group of guys. But a lot of them were kind of taking long vacations, kind of enjoying the sale. We'd all worked our butts off for three to five years, depending on when you got there. Um, And uh, in that lag, um, while I was kind of looking at acreage packages, we weren't getting too aggressive on it this West Texas sand opportunity comes across Bud's desk. Just, you know, fluke luck of the draw deal. He comes down the hall um, and kind of tosses it on my desk and says, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. I started looking at him. I said, man, I mean, if if this sand is good enough quality, I mean, this is a no brainer. Um, So we started checking the boxes on the quality, uh, checking the boxes on what lease term would look like, what the economics of, mining the deposit would look like. And, you know, all of a sudden I look up and three months have gone by and really all I've been working on is this sand deal. Uh, and I'm completely enthralled in it. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then uh, Bud made me an offer that I, I couldn't refuse to be COO here. Um, it was a, a scary jump. It was something I had to go home and talk to my wife about. I mean, it, I think I'm kind of one of the very that have gone from EMP to, to sales and service. That's not normally the direction of flow. Um, I went against the grain there a little bit, but like I said, it was, it's an opportunity I really believed in, an opportunity I still believe in. Uh, and I, looking back, I wouldn't change it for the world. I've learned so much. Like you said earlier, building a company from scratch. I mean, when we started, it was, it was Bud, myself, uh, and John Turner, my CFO. So three guys and an idea and we built it to what is the biggest and best Permian sand company uh, out there with 220 employees. So, so, so did your mindset uh, shift? I know, uh, you know, as a service uh, provider, as a, uh, um, I mean, I've never worked for an operator before, but I've worked for a rig contractor before. And then I've also uh, worked for several uh, service companies. Did your mindset change at all from going from an operator, you know, taking the bids in and, and awarding the work to, uh, to, I guess, being one that provide the bids and selling the, selling the product or service. Yeah, no, it definitely changes. Um, and I'll tell you what, it, it, it really uh, woke me up to some of the things we were doing on the EMP side that just, you know, really and truly aren't fair to the sales and service companies. Um, you know, if I ever do go back to that side of the business, I'll have a completely new outlook on on how to handle those relationships. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting because all of our peers are mining guys. They're guys that have mined sand or other aggregates for two, three, maybe five decades. Um, frac sand didn't really blow up as a high volume business until, you know, 2013, 2014. It was there in 2010 and a little before that, but Again, volume-wise, pretty small. So frac sand specifically is kind of a subset of the industry that most of our peers are in. It blew up. They went after it. But they don't know really anything about the oil and gas industry. They're just sand and agri guys servicing the oil and gas industry. We are oil and gas guys that built a sales and service company in the form that an EMP would want it to look like. So... 
you know, it, it, I think it helps us a ton, especially with our customers and our sales process. And, you know, I've, I've been out there with the sales team whenever, uh, you know, they, and, and I think that it may help for me to be there. Most, most of the time I'll leave that to the beautiful JP Warrens of the world. You know, we've, we've got a great sales team here, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I've definitely learned a ton being on the other side of the table. And, and in those sales meetings as well. Well, that's, I mean, that's such an interesting uh, way to put it uh, that you're right. You do have that, or all of you, I guess, at Atlas Stand has that advantage that you sat at both sides of the table. So you understand what number one, the, the, the customer is looking for. But now I guess on the service side, you know what to provide. So it's kind of, I think that's kind of a niche market. You can kind of fill that in. I think that's, that's pretty exciting. So I guess, um, so with everything going on right now, um, with, uh, you know, obviously COVID and oil prices slowly making a, a rebound and all that stuff. Um, what do you, uh, do you see the oil patch? I know you and I discussed, do you see the oil patch changing at all? I guess once this, uh, once this slump kind of uh, starts kind of uh, maturing, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people have, so let me phrase this question a little bit better. A lot of people have doom and gloom. Okay. Um, uh, production uh, slowing down, production stopping, uh, the demand's not there, uh, people staying at their house through COVID, uh, companies are going to be either you know consolidated or uh, go bankrupt, lay people off. So it's a very pessimistic doom and gloom right now in the oil and gas industry. And people are talking about the new norm and what's going to be ha- happening moving forward. Do you see that um, uh, occurring? Well, you know, the new norm is getting outside of, of my area of expertise, you know, what the economy is going to do, what travel is going to do, where the demand of oil is going to go. Um, I mean, I personally think there is going to be a new normal, which is going to be a decrease from what the original normal was pre-COVID. But uh, again, not really my area of expertise. I'm not an economist. But um, for the oil field side, uh, I think there's going to be Definitely some changes, some really unfortunate things are going to happen. There's going to be some people that have already lost their jobs. And unfortunately, I think there's going to be more that lose their jobs. Um, and that's, that to me is probably one of the worst parts about this whole deal. I mean, and especially in a time like this, this is not just a regular oil field downturn where they can go to another industry and find a job. You know, I mean, the entire economy's down. So, uh, you know, when, when these people are having to let their, their guys and gals go, they're, they're basically telling them, you know, you're not going to have a job, you're going on unemployment. Um, so it's, it's that much worse this time around. Um, on a broader scale, a 30,000 foot view, is the oil and gas industry going to change or be different on the other side of this? I personally don't think it's going to be that much different. I mean, I, I was born and raised in this industry. You know, my dad graduated in the early 80s as a petroleum engineer. We moved all over as a kid, been through ups and downs. I graduated in 08. You know, this is my third downturn to go through. There's always the same rhetoric. There's always the same, like, we're going to change, you know, and we're going to get lean and, and you know, things are going to get better. And, you know, then the next, the next uptick happens and everybody's memory just goes blank and we're right back where we started. So, uh, and it's not a terrible thing. I'm not sure that the industry needs to change a whole bunch. I mean, we, we need to get a lot of this debt off of us. I mean, especially the EMPs, you know, we, we borrowed ourselves, uh, you know, into a big, big problem. Uh, and, and a lot of those guys needed to do it. I mean, these, these shell developments are not cheap. Um, and you need to get a base layer of production built up and that costs a lot of money. 
So it, it was needed, um, but now it's time to start, you know, flowing free, free cash flow, which is what, you know, the market was beating us all over the head with for the last 24 months, right? So um, this is definitely going to make that, that much more difficult. Uh, it's going to slow that process down. I think there were a lot of great EMPs that were headed that way that were uh, already or about to be, you know, free cash flow flowing this year. Um, so it, uh, it, it's, uh, it's going to be the same in a lot of ways and different in some. There, there, there's a very profound answer there, Jacob. That's, that's, that's something a definite maybe. Um, so, I mean, you kind of, uh, this is, I, I kind of want to save this towards, towards the end of it, but you brought up a, a stark reality of kind of what's going on. You're right. A lot of people are losing their jobs. And actually when we're, this is, uh, this is May 20th when we're, when we're doing this recording and there probably will be a lot more. I mean, if you go on LinkedIn these days, it's, it's a bloodbath. It's a massacre out there. And there's a lot of people that, you know, I've seen that, you know, I've, I've done, for example, sales for the last 20 years. And, you know, uh, that's the, that's the only thing I know. Um, but I think you have a, a a great story and a great background because you were drilling. You were a drilling engineer for Brigham. And you went from that and you, we discussed, you went to kind of uh, started doing completions, which you didn't have that much experience from. So the fact that now you actually went from a uh, EMP company to a service side, a service uh, provider, it's, it's one of those things that I just kind of want to, I want to stress that it's, it's, if you find yourself in a, in a, an environment where, I mean, if, if it's a new challenge or a new role or something that you've never done before, just like you said previously, three months, you picked your head up and you were, you know, kind of, you're already along this path of starting the Atlas Sand. So I think it's important to stress to people out there that are listening in that just because a new opportunity or a new challenge is uh, kind of you're faced with, you should be willing to adapt. You should be willing to change and actually conquer that and, and put your best foot forward and just put your head down and just kind of and plow through that and evolve kind of kind of similar to what you did. Yeah, no, I, I, I would definitely agree. Um, you know, I think that uh, it's real easy to get, you know, stuck in, in, in what you do. Cause you know, you probably do it pretty well. I mean, I, I, I loved drilling. It was, it was my first pick out of college of what the disciplines I really wanted to focus on and, and I loved it the entire time I was in it. Um, and when, you know, Brigham gave me uh, the completion side, I was uh, a little bit nervous, but I was a lot more excited than anything. You know, I've got a lot of buddies uh, that I've been around and with through the completions and knew, knew the lingo at least, right? I wasn't walking completely cold, um, but uh, I, I enjoyed it. I was excited about the new opportunity. Uh, this deal, this Atlas deal, that one, that one, you know, made me really, really stop and think. I mean, building a sales and service company from the ground up um, for the first time, and we had to go out and raise our own capital. And I mean, all of that was completely new to me. Uh, so it was, it was very intimidating. But sitting here three years later, I mean, wow, I, 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 I wouldn't have it any other way, man. Uh, I think you said a great, you know, you broaden your horizons, you go force yourself to do new things. It should do nothing that, but make you more valuable. You know, that mindset of, well, I'm, I'm a good drilling engineer. If I just stay good there, I'll, I'll be all right. You know, nah, I, I don't think that's the right path to take. I think, you know, get, get a lot under your belt and, and understand all facets of the business. Exactly. Don't, don't pigeonhole yourself to one area of 
expertise, whether that's sales, whether that's HR, whatever that looks like. Um, and honestly, what a tremendous job that y'all have done. I mean, I remember when you first started this thing uh, three years ago and kind of, uh, I guess I've seen from the sidelines, uh, y'all position yourself um, into the company y'all today. It's been exciting. Um, Thanks, man. You're welcome, man. And then uh, I guess um, let's, let's, I guess let's wrap up. I mean, what are you, what are you looking forward to? What are you looking forward to right now, whether, whether it's personal or professionally, you know, or, or industry? I think everybody's looking forward uh, to higher oil prices, right? So that's a pretty unoriginal answer. Um, but beyond that, you know, we, we built this company for bigger and better things. Uh, and we, we, we've only just started uh, with the, the story that's going to be Atlas Sands. So we've got a lot of projects in the queue, um, you know, and we kind of had to back burner those. And so as activity picks back up, uh, really, really excited to pull those to the forefront and, uh, and, and get, uh, get some of that new stuff out there. All right. Well, I guess uh, if, if there's anything you'd like to bring up, let's, uh, I think let's close this out with, um, number one, what shows would you recommend to someone sitting at the house right now? Uh, you know, my sister, so my sister's at uh, A&M, there's a big age gap between us. And uh, she's been staying with us. She actually took her finals from the house, uh, kind of just helping us with the kids and stuff. And she had never seen Chernobyl. Oh, um, which I thought was awesome. Right? That is uh, one of the best shows out there. Yeah, man. And it, it doesn't get a lot of praise because uh, there's not a lot of drama in it or anything like that. It's just, it's just really well done. Um, but wasn't, wasn't it, what is it one of the, uh, I think it was one of the highest rated uh, IMDb uh, shows ever. Was it? There. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, I mean, now you got Tiger King, so I, I don't know who's going to. Man, I think Tiger King's just a COVID thing. You know what I mean? I think that got people's yeah. minds are like okay well i thought the world's crazy right now but hold on it's not that crazy i don't yeah. think i don't think it was a uh it's tiger king i mean it's it's, it's a phase it's a phase yeah yeah no, i i agree i mean all this stuff you know the the jordan show i haven't seen that one yet but that one's i mean espn and all these sports talk shows have nothing to talk about and so they're like dissecting this poor one you know mini series on michael jordan uh, I'm sure Jordan and Pippen and those guys are going like, geez, guys, y'all released this at the worst time ever. But uh, Dude, I know. Once, uh, once, uh, once the, uh, the announcement of no more sports, I mean, I guess so. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a sports guy, but I remember there's a couple guys at the park playing slam ball or whatever. And I think here's, you can say that's what she said in line. <laughs> no, no. Okay. All right. So, uh, oh, gotcha. So uh, they were playing slam ball and I was kind of uh, being the announcer for that. Like got a lot of, got a lot of reactions i guess it's been uh for the sports it's been fine like it, it hasn't changed for me like i'm not a sports guy i feel like i kind of feel like uh, i know enough i know about two or three sentences and start you know bsing about enough but the bullshittery is not there uh, when Man, it comes to it. i'm fine i'm fine with no sports it's been rough for me i mean at least it's been the fall so it's not football season um you know everything's looking good for football but if football for some reason was canceled that would be that would be brutal. That'd be tough on me. That would be brutal. Hey, what uh, what message would you have uh, for our audience that are listening in right now to wrap this up? Uh, well, since most of your audience is probably old field, um, all, you know, all they, three of us are. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would say that uh, you know this is this isn't the end of the world. We've been through these downturns before. It will come back. Um, I think a lot of people are getting pretty optimistic that it could come back even before the end of the year, you know, and I personally think that might be slightly too optimistic, but even if that's not the case, it should be early next. So 
So, you know, um, keep your head up, keep working hard. Uh, it's all you can do. Can't, can't fix the stuff you can't control. So focus on the stuff that you can. That's right. Well, Hunter, thanks for coming by again, everyone. This is Hunter Wallace, uh, the COO at Atlas Sand. And if you have any questions for him or want to get in touch with him or, or uh, get in touch with us at the show, it's uh, you can email us at info. Oh, I'm sorry. At round the rotary at cap dash petro.com. Again, it's round the rotary at cap petro cap dash petro.com. All right, Hunter. I, it's, hey, it's one of those weeks. All right. You nailed that one. Nailed it. Nailed it. I won't have to hey, do a by second. By the way, barbershops are open again. I don't know if you knew that or not. Okay, Dad. All right. Anyway, <laughs> appreciate that. So thanks for thanks for joining us on Round the Rotary, and uh, we'll talk to you in a little bit. Bye, everybody. Later.